I think it bears repeating what uh, Father Nicholas said last week about what we're doing here this morning in light of what's going on around us, although it happens every Sunday anyway. But this, we're not just doing it for ourselves. You know, we've already, at least twice this morning, we prayed for the whole world. We prayed for this city. We prayed for everything uh, all around us and what we're doing, not just for us here in this room or for St. Athanasius or St. Barbara's, but uh, for everybody here uh, who's been affected by this fire. And so we will continue to lift them up uh, in our prayers um, and support them in every way we can. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think it's... uh, human nature to want to know what to do in every situation we find ourselves in. Um, You know, we get something new. My favorite story is uh, probably 30 years ago, our business bought its first printer. And it came in a box, uh, thick manual on how to use it. And the first page, I wish I had saved it because in big, bold letters it said, try to avoid taking this printer out of the box and plugging it into your computer and trying to use it. Uh, You will ruin your printer. Now, we need the instructions on these things we do. We want to know what to do so we don't ruin them. We run the risk of screwing something up, and I've done it, and of course with printers, you know, they put tape everywhere. They, They must pay some guy to figure out places to put that tape that you can't hardly find them, even with the illustrations. But, you know, I think, as I said, we want to know what to do. And, and, you know, a few more chapters down the road here uh, in the Gospels, we'll find the rich young ruler who comes to the Lord, and he wants to know, Lord, what do I need to do? He's asking, what do we do? What should I do? Of course, he wants eternal life. We all do. The Lord spelled it out for him, and uh, of course, you know, the end of that one was the man went away uh, saddened. But sometimes, rather than knowing what we are supposed to do, we're told what we are not supposed to do. We're told, don't play with matches, and don't touch that hot stove. And it's not there to be mean or just be negative about things, but it's there for our protection and to save us. And I think today's lessons, both the epistle and the gospel lesson, are like that. We're being told things we are not supposed to do. And it's not being told because we've got a set of rigid rules. But they're there not only for our protection, but to save us. And while certainly we do want to know what to do, use today's lessons to help avoid the things that we should not do. Going to Colossians in today's epistle lesson, if you, St. Paul actually does start telling us what to do. And if you back up a few verses, maybe to the beginning of the chapter, and he says, speaking of our baptism, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. So he tells us what to do. We're supposed to seek those things where Christ is, above. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Okay, so how are we supposed to do that? Setting our mind on things uh, above. Well, then he goes on to tell us what we're not supposed to do. And he says, 
Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So he starts laying these things out that we're supposed to avoid. Now we need to keep that in mind. And what happens if we do get into these things, the fornication, impurity, passion, and covetousness? Well, on account of these, Paul says, the wrath of God is coming to the sons of disobedience. And so as St. Paul points out to his audience, they once practiced those things, but no longer. And so thankfully, you know, maybe you can look at that list and say, check, 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 I'm good, I'm good. So we're out of the woods, except as with the rich young ruler, as saying he had done all the things the Lord uh, had laid out at first, and then when the Lord had one more shoe to drop for him, Paul has one for us. We're not out of the woods. He says, but now put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. So now all of a sudden, we're laid with a whole new set of things that we're supposed to avoid. And maybe some of these aren't as easy as the first set. But seeing, uh, as Paul says to do these things, he says, seeing that you put off the old nature with its practices and have put on the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So that's how Paul tells us we're supposed to be seeking these things above. We're, that's what we're after, having our nature renewed in knowledge after the image of our creator. St. Paul says Christ is our life, and that when he appears, we will appear with him in glory. And this is the point where Father Nicholas will say, wow. Because, and, I, and I agree with that, by the way, Father. Wow. And then moving to our gospel lesson, we've got the parable of the man who throws the great banquet. And when it's time for the banquet, and he calls all the invitees in, they come with excuses, or actually they don't come, and they just give excuses. One says, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. Apparently this person would rather be doing something else than going to the banquet. Somebody else bought five yoke of oxen. He said, I have to go and examine them. So there's something more important for him to be doing than attending the banquet that he had been invited to, given by the master of the house. And of course, my favorite, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come, and I'm not going to touch that one with <laughs> what it is. But these people rejected their master. And so often, we reject our Lord and the banquet that he presents for us. We get complacent about things, and you know, especially uh, right now when we're in this, this time of disaster, um, and, and you know, going back a number of years uh, to 9-11, for instance. And when anything happens, you know, all of a sudden, you know, as a country, pretty much, we, we often, all of a sudden, we'll start praying. And, 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 you know, we had Congress was doing prayers. And uh, yesterday, you know, I was, I was working on this homily, and I'm listening with one ear to the, the TV and uh, trying to, you know, see, you know, what's going on with the fire and, and, and you know, uh, out of the, you know, just, all of a sudden I hear, you know, well, we need to pray. And, you know, that's true. We do. But then 
things get better, and we get complacent, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe that banquet's not quite, quite really what I need to do right now. And so we start to fall away a little bit. We quit listening to the Lord. And, you know, so we need to watch out for that and, and uh, don't make excuses and get complacent about things. We need to always pray. And, and, and you know, last year when uh, Bishop Irenae was here and he made a, a comment about prayer, and it's something that, uh, you know, just really kind of hit me between the eyes, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. But he said, you know, I'm, I'm really getting tired of people saying, well, all we can do is pray. Because he said, that's what we do. We are the people of God. We pray. And that's the first thing that we should be doing. So keep that in mind, too. Well, the master of the house in the parable didn't want this feast to go to waste. And so he invited all the non-desirables to come in. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know, this is like your boss at work throws a big party, and, you know, nobody comes. And so he goes out, and he invites the competition to come in. And, you know, it's and, and Father John Stephen, I did notice you smile a little bit when it said they, they had to go out and search the hedges to bring people in, too. But... You know, we do need to heed the call and the invitation and don't make excuses about, you know, why we can't go. Yeah, sometimes it's not convenient, but you just do it. So he invited, the, the master invited those who wouldn't make excuses. So are we going to ignore the master? Or are we going to ignore our Lord and his call to us, to his banquets? What did the master of the banquet say? He said, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. None of them shall taste my banquet. Sounds a bit angry to me. And then the Lord finishes off the parable and he says, many are called, but few are chosen. Well, how do you become one of the few that are chosen? Well, St. Paul listed a bunch of things, almost a dozen things that he says to stay away from. And in our gospel lesson, uh, St. Luke points out that we need to not make excuses. We need to obey. But the good news is, yeah, God, God was, the, the master was angry, God gets angry. But he's a gracious God. And he has put this banquet out for us and this spread that is just wonderful. And he wants his house filled. So, he has room for us. And while we certainly, we want to know what to do, keep our minds on the things above, and to participate with the Lord in his banquet. But we need to use today's lessons to help avoid the things we should not do and to not make excuses. And as St. Paul says in his epistle today, Brethren, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And that's where we're headed, to appear with him in glory. And to him who belongs all praise, honor, and glory, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen.